Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. of Wonderwall on this, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, rounding out this day of celebration of all things British culture, Wonderwall and others. And to all of the Commonwealths, I want to say today is going to be the day. Something, 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 something. (laughs) The Queen's Jubilee! My favorite part of the Queen's Jubilee is um, it really shows the like super trashy side of uh, the British populace. Wait, there's another side of it? Yeah. Like, no, I mean, it just really like... Yeah, just the like man on the street interviews of yeah. just the like porkish looking yeah. uh, I mean, swine what, people. What is an adult British person who loves... The royal family. What are they but a Disney adult? Uh, <laughs> you know, with real imperialism. Um, but my favorite thing is that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry returned to the UK um. to introduce the youngest Lilibet to the family. And all this belly aching okay. over. So in the British royal family, is this child technically a Creole? Because they were born like overseas in the colonies, like would I, don't, that be I would a have to check. Um, but what is funny? I don't know if either of you saw the photo, but all of this belly aching and infamously in the Oprah interview talking about someone in the royal family being right. concerned about the color of the children. For this woman to produce two motherfucking gingers, yeah, the worst yeah, well, people. I mean, she's an incredibly light-skinned black yes. woman. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, well, also, I retweeted this amazing reply to the post of Lilibet that was just, you know, oh, here's the official picture of whatever. And someone replied with a photo of Jennifer Lopez and said, but Jennifer is way more beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, the internet, I love you. Yeah, no, that's a pretty good account if I ever did that. Yeah. That baby's super ginger, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It, look, I feel like I'm about to say something that's going to get me into something weird. <laughs> Hold on. About like, my it's, people? It's weird how gingers... Uh, <laughs> about my people it's that weird I represent. How they have forked penises. <laughs> um, yeah. It's weird how they have two. I've known other biracial gingers. There's Freaks. That ginger gene, it comes through. Yeah, it pushes through. It's a, It's the freak gene. As I think I've established, in theory, I love gingers because all of my favorite characters as a child were precocious redheads. So yeah, they they're like typically like ginger women are just always the, the one fiery that's not ones. Little orphan Annie. There's Annie. There's Anne of Green Gables. There's okay. Pippi Longstocking. Oh, Pippi Longstocking. Pippi Longstocking. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then in general, how white women Wait, are. Wait, was Heidi a ginger? No. Okay. She was also not very precocious. Yeah. She was just kind. Yeah. <laughs> but how white women are typed for like commercial entertainment, typically the redhead is gets to be like the the funny one, the right. the the you know the fiery one, um, etc. So, Over sexualized. Over sexualized, but also not sexualized in different ways than the blonde and brunette are. Right, right. So, right. Uh, you know, you've got the blonde, the bimbo. She has a problem. Um, you've got the brunette, the femme fatale, the, you know. It's a diverse range, whereas male yeah. ginger's not a very diverse range of. But I will say uh, I do keep a list of any attractive male gingers just in case I need it for something. <laughs> <laughs> on your phone yeah it's just like Steve I guess and uh, <laughs> I'm actually like I'm like uh, Conan O'Brien <laughs> Conan O'Brien that's just specifically because I love Conan O'Brien right um, I did go up to the guy from Eve Six and thank uh, and thank him for representing the gingers in so, rock. Uh, yeah, shout out to Max of Eve Six, Eve Six guy. Uh, that was my friend Steve. Yeah, the props in that, New York. I was like, you are the best ginger in rock music since Axl Rose, which is high praise coming from me. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. What he say, Stephen? What? He said, I, I'm I'm happy to represent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, sounds reasonable. We have some losers. We have Dave Mustaine, <laughs> loser ginger. Oh, uh, the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar. Well, what I was thinking of, Josh Home, loser, sexual <laughs> assault. Yeah, but like Sammy Hagar, he's called the Red Rocker because of his red hair. He has very blonde hair. Who's the Red Rocker then? Sammy the Red Rocker, cheers. Jeez, well here, cheers. <laughs> Straight from the bottle terracotta jug from a boat of back up in a major bus here. Hi, Deborah, how are you? Uh, the Rising Star uh, concert series, it was a dollar concert. You paid one dollar and I played the Paramount Theater and I did it in Portland, Seattle. And that's when I broke those towns. I came back from that and sold them out with a hard ticket and then moved right into the arenas in the next year. It was so, it was such a great radio pro program. You take your new band, had a new album, and they'd say for one dollar, you come and see them at this place. And that's where I got the name The Red Rocker. The day after the Seattle concert, the newspaper said, because I was dressed in red, it was for my red album, and a guy at the newspaper said, uh, you know, Sammy Hagar, the Red Rocker, performed that. And he did a nice review. Sammy Hagar, Red Rocker. Next thing I know, walking down the street, hey, the Red Rocker. I don't uh, get it. he's strawberry blonde by I mean, some a measure. lot of people see Steve that way. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's the blonde end of Steve Hare, whereas Steve <laughs> is the red end of Oh, Sammy and you know Hare. who we're, we all haven't mentioned yet? The British guy from Eurovision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I literally Googled male gingers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I should have safe searched that. Yeah, you should have, I assume. Uh, no, it's just a bunch of fucking Ed Shireen, so. Uh, I should have yeah. qualified hot. Yeah, he's a somebody that. Oh, I guess fair enough. Prince Harry is, you know, he could uh, he, he could look a lot what worse. We, what indirectly got us on this? Yeah, yeah. he's good looking enough to count, and because we see his brother, we see. Yeah, know, because you know, like redheads are graded on a heavy curve, is what Bunny is saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where even Prince Harry could. Line. be... No. 
Obviously, obviously, Rupert Grint, who played uh, Ron Weasley, who I adore. I get it. Maybe not the most objectively dashing, but there's some charming about him. Also, he's in a great show called Sick Note, if you've never seen that. It's really good. Which is a show where Lindsay Lohan makes an appearance. (gasps) Speaking of redheads, speaking of Lindsay Lohan... Speaking of Pride. Mean uh, Girls is a great movie that we should watch for Pride, I guess. Sure. Absolutely. But I had a a query. A query. query. So I recently described to a friend of mine that back in the day, I convinced myself that I had found Lindsay Lohan's secret MySpace. It was through a series of uh, weird investigations into the deep celeb gossip muck of the early 2000s. (laughs) But I had convinced myself of this. And then I wrote it a bunch of encouraging messages. And uh, my friend said, that's gay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that's some cringe shit. And uh, that would explain it. (laughs) Because... Because yep. it's not like, and then I was like, maybe I'm. Um, or maybe you just felt that Lindsay Lohan could use the encouragement. Like, I did, but I know, also would have. at the tumultuous time. Yeah, I also would have liked for her does. to. She uh, didn't have a chance at a childhood, yeah, Stephen. I would have liked it if she would have seen my message mm-hmm. and felt touched by it and then wanted to start a very deep friendship with me. Mm-hmm. And or, then I also wouldn't mind if she thought I was beautiful. So. And cool and funny. And cool and funny. And wanted to hold hands on the way to high school. Yeah, it was funny because it did make me think, because I have um, more than just this story that's kind of in the same vein Mm. from when I was younger. And then I was like, you know, we have more and more ideas and frameworks and labels for everything. I was like, is there a thing where you're like, by romantic I mean, yes, there is, there's definitely a thing. There is definitely that Because I think I would just... I would, it would be homoromantic or heteroromantic and homoplatonic or... Because I'm I don't not know often... I'm, yeah, like no, I, I, mean, I, I don't know how the label would work, Look, but that has... Well, it is a nobody topic. does because there wasn't a creator and nobody right, organized right, this. Right. But uh, <laughs> we're just figuring this shit out. But also with men, I'm not often, even men I find attractive, I'm not like, ooh, hubba hubba but I am lusting over your body. That's just like not, not that I don't feel attraction or whatever. Well, that's but just men. But I, I've always not been in step with that. Even when I was younger and I had girlfriends who were a little bit into that, I, it, it just never felt right to me. Um, and then also once I had a very bad experience with a male stripper. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just think that's men are gross. Yeah, clearly. I think you're a little bisexual. So, but it's not. It's like, but then when I think about women, I'm like, I'm like so gorgeous. Um, blah blah blah. But I'm not like Steve. You're gonna get canceled like Dave Weigel. <laughs> yep. Bipolar. Bisexual. I was doing Bi-partisan. the thing from the from the the staircase. Yeah. The, uh, the staircase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. Who is yeah. amazing and R.I.P. to a real one of homophobia. You are yeah. queen of homophobia. Yeah, and also just being a cool alcoholic lady. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it was, it was. I was thinking about this because my friend was like, "Yeah, that's you don't you don't have a ton of super hetero vibes." 
Yeah. So, yeah, it did make me laugh to think about these messages I sent to me thinking it's Lindsay Lohan um, and thinking like uh, uh, I, yeah, I would help I don't know. her. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like we all have our various uh, celebrities that we don't necessarily want to haul past with. We just want to like be able to give affirmations to. I think I, I also have a version of this uh, with Jennifer Lopez, who I'd uh, say Steve Martin, but I always think Steve Martin's fine. <laughs> Yeah, because Jennifer. Ooh, Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula is mine. Okay. You wanna you wanna affirm his? Yeah, I wanna just be like, hey, Scott Bakula, whatever you're doing, you're doing all right. And I actually liked Star Trek Enterprise. You know, if if Scott Bakula is listening to that, that's what I want. Him and he to is. Hear. He is because <laughs> he knows this is the podcast that is eagerly anticipating that Quantum Leap reboot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking about it uh, because it's pride um, and uh, everything's fucked. And, um, you know, uh, pride is bad. This And, and you got worse. You got these year. turfs. You got these turfs out here. Yeah. My uh, favorite. I'm stomping all over turfs like I'm canvassing. <laughs> Before we get on, we're talking about Matt Taibbi. The- Matt Taibbi. The bald-headed Voldemort. Yeah, of, yeah no. Of, kinda, wait, what ethnicity is he again? I feel like we did it. The, last. the like before before <laughs> we go like in, before we go done. into it. I was gonna when I found out that I was bi was when I was writing in my notebook as a fourteen-year-old this extremely overzealous poetic romantic like. Her freckles, they were all a constellation on her upper shoulder as she ran around the track. I think I'm gay. And and I kept inserting it. And then I would go back and then I'd scratch it out as like I couldn't admit it to myself. And that's when I... Uh, well, you were using she there the whole time. Right. Which is why it was like I had to overcome this feeling mm. by having this long, overzealous, over-romanticized oh, thing I see, I see. To, okay, okay. to deflect oh, from... Oh, you were trying to, like, hetero yourself into heterosexuality. Yeah, yeah I was like, okay. man, this girl, when okay. she's well, running mean, around the track during track the, practice, she yeah. is the fire. I, I can't imagine a person sexier with sweat glistening down. I'm, yeah, I no, think no, I'm You're gay. just, like, performing <laughs> yeah. uh, heterosexuality. Yeah, yes. I mean, what is the term? Performing. Compulsive heterosexuality? Is that the term? Com- when people say compat. Because people talk about it a lot with women where there is an idea that because of compat, that even if you are not whatever totally heterosexual means, um, you would just... Defer to it? Like, you would just do it if it was available to you, right? Because it's what you're supposed to do. Um, so... That's why uh, people think all women are bisexual. <laughs> ah, sexual. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's funny because when we went into lockdown, I have a set about this where it was like I had a lot of deep thinking going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where I was like, I don't know if it is uh, necessarily totally true that I am just heterosexual i mean not that but i also am like old so i'm like but i we don't have we don't revise we don't have to have a whole like thing about it or whatever um it's just like you know 
I'm coming. Yeah. But it did post a joke um, online that I don't do the same way anymore because of that. Because in the joke, I say one of my worst qualities is that I'm heterosexual. Yeah, it's a funny joke. It is a good joke. Well, we're we talking about Matt Taibbi, our old friend, who we last checked in on during the BLM riots. We did an episode about him complaining about crime or whatever. Yeah, windows. He was big into yeah. defending yeah. windows. Broken windows. Broken baby. windows in Philadelphia during the BLM riots. He is kind of like a lamer version of that one tweet that's like every French academic's like, oh, Andouille Poisson Rouge. He was a part of a radical socialist group in the tw- in his 20s, in his 50s, he wrote a series of articles advocating for the genocide of Islam. <laughs> He's survived by his 10-year-old wife. Um, and, like, you know, like, Taibi is, like, the American version of that because it's just, like, it's all those things but just less extreme and lamer and shittier I- and less fun. Yeah, I mean... He's just really into Hunter S. Thompson and thinks he is Hunter S. Thompson but would never even be that cool. Well, I think what happens is, one, there's, you know, a profit motive for moving to this to, to this side of things. But I do think what happens... The turf side. ...often is people, they get established, they get treated as an authority in a space, and uh, they start interacting with a lot more people in different levels. And there's this thing where... I see people who get successful a certain way. They're, you know, around, you know, people. And then you have you have some feeling of a semblance of a of a I know them in real life, you know. You have a some kind of personal relationship connection. It might be professional and whatever, but you feel like you have uh seen behind a curtain or yeah, so to speak. Yeah, and it, also because of where you quote unquote came from, you feel a certain authority that, oh, I'm the elder statesman who needs to show these kids the right way. And yeah. oh, if I w- met a younger version of myself, I, you know, mm-hmm. this would be useful for me. Yeah. I also think that lots of people, lots of liberals, uh, who do they always misquote with this? Is it Churchill? Where they're like, if you're fucking not a conservative by the time you're old, you're a fucking oh, idiot or whatever. Yeah, but it's some fucking it's gen- French guy. It's generally attributed to Churchill. Yeah, but it's um, wrong. It's a French guy. Um, yeah. But that like kind of like truism that people like amorphously get attached to, I feel like so many liberals, it's deep in there. Mm-hmm. They, they won't say it, but they fully want and expect to be moved to the right. Because it feels like what their dads want. Also, to be fair, um, the original quote was a socialist, not a liberal. Yes. And it's like, you guys were never even that, you fucking dumbasses. Yeah, exactly. But I do feel like there's this weird almost shame in the psyche of lots of prominent liberals that does not exist. Like, I don't feel like any prominent conservatives are secretly ashamed (laughs) of their views or stances. Whereas even the way the Democrats behave in general, how they've behaved around abortion, it's like they feel guilty. Yep. Well, and it's the same way with this, the turfy shit. It's just like... Yeah, I love all the people who never wanted to really address 
anything about misogyny before, but now they act like all these turfs are purely talking about like legitimate yeah, mi- like misogyny. They're, like and- they're the enlightened ones. Um, there's also the narrative that they're the marginalized voices, which right. is what this article uh, yeah, which is again, about. This article, I mean. I just know the title of it so far. I Meet mean, the censored. I mean, the thing someone is... Someone who's wrong. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, say say it was possible. <laughs> you know, at this point, we have too much, too much discourse and energy here. Um, like, with the TERFs, with the gender-critical whatever shit, right? But say, say... Say I buy your little story that this person just has some uh, some concerns, some questions with how some things are being framed in this area or whatever. These turfs are... N- I never see them approaching it with any sort of understanding. Like, there is no negotiation or, or whatever there. They're not interested in communicating or whatever. It is very much... They've dressed up their discomfort... Mm-hmm. as this thing right. and they've just decided these people are, shouldn't exist. <laughs> and right. their problems aren't real. The people that do believe they're having a problem with their gender identity have been propagated to that they're highly influential or they're mentally diseased or any number of frankly disgusting reasons to dismiss somebody. Well, what fascinates me is that these people who are supposedly like these experts in in misogyny it's like but who are the people the turfs okay who are in the turf label they are supposedly feminists and second wave feminists and i sure at this point it doesn't really yeah sure i'm just saying like for somebody who supposedly has an expertise or a deep understanding of misogyny and how it operates, the fact that none of these people can find a way to talk about, look, there is misogyny that exists in the trans conversation because misogyny is a consistent element everywhere. <laughs> it is not something that is not present in progressive spaces. Uh, if we want to bring up uh, the last election where over and over again there was this idea that um, if, you know, supposedly if anybody in who was like a Bernie supporter uh, said anything that was could be perceived as sexist, it was like, see, that's how they are. Like, they're all misogynists um, over here. And then people be like, oh no, it's impossible that there's misogynists here because we're progressives. And it's like, nah, that's not how it works. And just because somebody occupies a marginalized identity doesn't mean they don't participate and perpetuate misogyny. Well, the thing that the TERFs do that annoys the shit out of me is they think every trans person is like Buffalo Bill from, you know, Silence of the Lambs. Tombstone. That is the the classic archetype of of the threatening... um, But the logic of it is that, you know, whoever it is that is trans is trans because they're misogynistic because they want to be a woman they hate women because they want to be better than women i mean it, and if an individual trans person did feel like that so what <laughs> like you know what i mean like that's not the crux of but it but they think that that the entire logic of it it just drives me nuts it doesn't make any sense 
This is going to be a weird analogy, I guess, but I'll try it. So I've had the experience where I've been in the vicinity of a like pretty famous, successful female comedian, right? She was incredibly rude to the staff at the comedy club in a way that I had not seen any other headliners that I'd personally been around do. So, you know, first pass is like, what the fuck, this bitch? Like, for example, one of the wait staff brought her a drink in a plastic cup and she shoved it away and said, I will be having glass. <laughs> so, um, okay, whatever. But even as I was seeing this, I sort of considered is she behaving in this way partially due to a compensation for the perception that she's going to be mistreated or given the worst things because she's a female comic? And now I think there is a certain bad outcomes and attitudes and opinions that can be born of a legitimate experience of just dealing with like the misogyny that exists, right? Yeah, sure. And I question whether it's just a lot of these women have had particular experiences that they are not sufficiently analyzing or being um, exercising any humility about. Uh, I, I mean, you know, certainly misogyny exists and they are abstractly correct about that is true. I mean... I guess what I'm saying is that it's not a binary. Like, there's this thing that happens with this conversation that accepting that misogyny exists and is sometimes yielded against bad women, that it somehow um, is uh, giving those women something, is, is, is whatever. If they're a victim, then they have to be good, and et cetera. But it's, we should, I think, talk about this as more of a, it's a thing that exists, it's, not something that people are like <laughs> planning. It's a societal instinctual thing that manifests that right. are like we're structured into the way we interact in yeah. our society. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's like the way I came to feminism. I had a very you know initially like I'm a feminist, but that also in my head includes like I think people think it's a it's a binary where if um. And the TERFs are playing on this where they're acting like they're, they're the only ones possibly speaking the truth about misogyny that could exist, whatever. And it, to be clear, the things that they bring up are not what I would classify. I feel as though there, there is spaces where there are older feminists who feel their issues are being pushed aside. And look, frankly, there are some people who frame it like that that isn't a thing that is completely made up there are people who are very eager to be allies you know there is some implicit dismissing of yeah but what i was saying was you know there was an old adage about homosexuality being implicitly misogynistic because you were gay, that meant you were a misogynist. I remember when that. Is, when has anybody in power ever actually been concerned about misogyny and curbing when, it? When this is being used the same way conservatives use right, right, any which idea. Is what Steve's that, that's what I'm right, saying. Right, is that right. this in a similar way? They're saying because you're trans, you're necessarily misogynist. And what I'm saying is there is misogyny everywhere, and, like, those are two different things. Right, right. Yeah. I think we agree. Let's read the Dan article. 
two years ago in February of 2020, the Washington Post published a piece called Conservatives Find Unlikely Ally in Fighting Transgender Rights, Radical Feminists. There we go. Conservatives, Radical Feminists, in bed. The essence of the article was to describe groups like the Women's Liberation Front or WOLF. Do you know this organization? Mm -hmm. I followed that group on Facebook like a bazillion years ago before this was really part of the discourse. And then all of a sudden, like two years ago, it started popping up in my feed and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is some turf shit. But they did have an identity as radical feminists prior to this being the kind of main thing they're fucking talking about now. Full of people with decades-long track records of leftists or feminists as not merely in, in temporary agreement with conservatives on trans issues, but actual converts to the entire conservative cause. Yeah, it's called a fucking wedge issue. The piece described Wolf as fringe activists who argue the advancements in transgender rights will come at the expense of women's rights, which is what you were talking about, and have been shunned by modern progressives who call them a discriminatory right-wing group disguised as feminists. Do you have a thought on that? Again, it does not seem like you really wanted to have the conversation... <laughs> Especially for it to be described as uh, they're not just temporary bedfellows or whatever, but like complete converts. Like, bitch, that's crazy. Like, and what kind of thing motivates something like that? Is it? It's simply what, what, what exactly? Are we... That that they're not simply uh, having a sort of taciturn agreement about technically on trans issues, but that these turfs have completely come over to the conservative argument about it. To me, shows. Isn't possible that their concerns are what they say they are, right? right? It has to be born of fucking bigotry. Bigotry yeah. is very yeah, motivated. And, I mean, it was a similar thing during the you know '90s sex wars, where you had a lot of these Fawel feminist little alliances about pornography and stuff in the yeah. early '90s. That makes sense. Yeah, um, was also a thing. And I think earlier also like sex work. Like, yeah, it was like a lot of 80s, 90s was when 80s, 90s was when a lot of those conversations were being had. And yeah, you had a, a lot, lot of, of conversations, a lot of zines. This like weird phenomenon. Women with a Y. And like this phenomenon of like the Fawel Feminist Alliance, like being a thing that was being bandied about even that. Well, and I think what I what I mentioned before, I think that's also an example of people who are progressive, liberal, left, whatever, having some sort of embedded shame or guilt about it where they are more vulnerable to being swayed to the centrist or right going over to the right wing positions than happens the other way around. Because it's easier. Because the conservatives often literally believe they're doing God's shit and, and that's fucking easy. crazy. And, it's, and that's yeah. easy. I mean, also, I feel like liberalism has this um, need to validate itself by making people like you. Or the idea that being nice and smart is, right. is the well, solution. It, it, a sign that you're right is everyone's agreeing with you because that you're just so clearly uh, reasonable and correct. All right, this next paragraph Continue. is a doozy. The piece was one of countless examples in which leftist or independent critics of mainstream fixations... This was what, a New York Times fixations. piece? 
Not Taibi's right, Substack. What, what's he, what what's he, he referring, referring to? What's the piece? Oh, um, is a what? Washington Post article. Yeah, okay. okay. So the, the leftist Washington Post article, go on, Matt Taibi. Uh, in which leftist or independent critics of mainstream fixations from Russiagate to the campaign of Joe Biden to war in Ukraine are reclassified as right-wingers and Trump supporters. The far-left libertarians, Greens, and other assorted malcontents used to be just ignored by popular media, but now they don't even enjoy that privilege. The new instinct has a clear and effective purpose. What Greens? What is this fucking Green Party shit that like is suddenly this threat to the liberal order? Uh, because of Ralph Nader, duh. Yeah, he um, hasn't run in like 20 years. It's the only other party we have. Don't question Matt Taibbi. <laughs> like, that's where he's identifying... Yeah, that's where he's identifying leftist groups are groups from when he wrote for Rolling Stone because otherwise he'd have... He hasn't have, updated his views to, since yeah, 2000. Yeah. He'd have to say that Black Lives Matter is good if he actually wanted to talk about on-the-ground act of left-wing... But no, Black Lives Matter is a part of the fucking liberal order because... Uh, people are actively a part of it today and not just a 70-fucking-year-old from San Francisco who burns patchouli everywhere. Or sage, or I don't know, whatever the fuck they did in the Green Party. The new instinct has a clear and effective purpose to create the illusion that there is no intramural debate on one side of the aisle, that disagreeers are actually enemies in disguise. Kara Dansky, a former Wolf Board member and the author of The Abolition of Sex, a spicy title, may be the most outspoken feminist in America when it comes to criticizing popular current beliefs about gender identity. A former ACLU public defender, she focused heavily on the presence of biological men in women's jails and for her trouble I'm so sorry uh, and for her troubles has been essentially booted out of mainstream progressive politics to be fair Stephen is about to be booted out of all of his friends house for even reading this article yeah. aloud <laughs> <laughs> oh man it just makes me think of the thing I always come to when I am confronted with the actual arguments these people are making where I'm like, oh, you don't know any trans people. Like, I am lucky enough that there were trans people who lived in Baltimore who you know. And, <laughs> and also, I mean, like, you know, a lot of uh, this shit, I mean, it, like, I mean, Taibi right now is just essentially riffing off a Chappelle bit. Um, but... Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, it's this thing where you put everything in this... Where, where it's just like, you know, I'm sorry, like, I know about TERFs because I've had in these conversations for a few years, and you're not telling me about this new wacky thing, and I understand the assessments of whether they're left or right, and you're fucking wrong, dude. <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't know, man, like, it just... Uh, it's like a bunch of these, like Johnny comes lately to the party who it's like, oh, what? Did you know that there were feminists who didn't like trans people? And it's like, yeah, dude, like we, you would know that too if you knew fucking anything about feminism, but you don't. So you're just learning about this now. Yeah. And this next part seems like an advertisement 
As I noted in a review of, this is very strange, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? See, this is why this one isn't behind a paywall, everybody. <laughs> Matt Walsh is helping pay. Is the Matt Walsh piece, isn't that the one? Uh, it's, uh, I fixi- keep getting ads for it. It's fixated on, um, oh, they're calling women birthing people or something like this. Yeah, okay, I, 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 I keep getting an ad for it, uh, like, in the last couple days. And it's just him interviewing with liberal professors who are defending trans rights, it seems to be. Yeah. <laughs> and mawkishly or like being like, huh, I have these arguments. I, that's the most I've gotten out of it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> As I noted in a review of Matt Walsh's What is a Woman, I originally sat on the interview in an effort to avoid dealing with blowback from trans activists. Shut the fuck up, Matt Taibbi. Jesus Christ. Shut up, you fucking little piece of shit. Like, fuck you. Oh, yeah, this is the controversy that you thought it better to step away from. Fuck you. (laughs) Like, your entire fucking brand, again, ever since the Bush administration, has just been like whiny fucking Gen X aging man who just wants to make 20-year-olds pissed off. That's your entire, your whole fucking thing. Don't tell me, oh, you considered sitting on this. A lot of this is fucking Gen X people who are like men at these essentially Changes. like yeah that's a nice way to put it they're mad that these young people are being fucking uppity and and right. like that's well, what yeah, it and they, that's what they I was feel saying. like they aren't being sufficiently honored as right. elders that, that's what I was saying earlier with the other thing with Taibi is like the whole where I came from shit is he believes that he has some authority to cash in on on the left he, he thinks that because he wrote a bunch of fucking articles about like, oh, Dick Cheney is a evil Darth Vader man who uh, did the bad thing in like 2005, which yeah, congratulations, he was the only, one of the only guys doing that then. But he thinks because of that, he has some cachet on the left. We should listen to him, and the fact that we're not only not listening to him, but telling him he's wrong and he should listen to us because we have shit to teach him just pisses him off to no end. Well, and I think the fact that he feels like he should be taken as this authority and also like it's not necessary for him to question his own impulses and uh, alluring beliefs and whatever because he's this guy, you know? Right, right. Uh, it, it, like, reminds me of uh, that black dude on Fox News, like, way the fuck back in the day. He was also on NPR, um, but he was, like, the only black guy on Fox News back in the 2000s. Anyway, I'm not going to remember his name. But a- anyway, he had this thing where he said, like, a thing on an interview where it's, like, he wanted to make the point of, oh, when I see someone in, uh, to use his words, Muslim garb in an airport, I might get uncomfortable. Uh, and he was trying to make the point, but my discomfort shouldn't, you know, lead to discrimination. But, like, a lot of people just kind of focused on the, like, I get uncomfortable line and, like, gave him shit. And, like, I remember seeing him on uh, The Daily Show, and his primary defense to being racist was, he one, he's black, and two, he was on the Eyes on the Prize documentary. <laughs> <laughs> just like kind of like I think I was in high school at the time and I was like laughing at that like what the fuck are you talking about man 
Because of shit, you were in the eyes on the prize oh documentary. All right, this is going to be the last paragraph because then it gets into the interview and it is just the worst fucking turfy interview. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you have any like lines I, that I, you want to like maybe highlight from the interview, that might be good. But um, we don't need to read an entire fucking. Dansky is an intense, sharp interview and also a fluid and purposeful author. Yeah, uh, I don't know what that means, ages but ago, it sounds like she writes intentionally. <laughs> ages ago, as a dumb young jock, I picked up Andrea Dworkin's 1974 <laughs> woman-hating... <laughs> uh, like, again, as a like, joke. As, he has to qualify with as a joke, and found myself engrossed in reading to the end. Dansky's book, The Abolition of Sex, isn't written in the same kind of fulminating, entertainingly rageful prose, but it is a persuasive exercise in no bullshit argumentation. I recommend it even to people who are inclined to disagree with it. It's just so fucking funny. Like, I mean, it's so funny he went with Dworkin there. I, like, I, I just, like, was it an extra fuck you to his readers? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like I really want to know. Like, because, again, it's like, when I was talking about the Falwell feminism, it was like Dworkin. Like, that's who we're talking about. Which also, in Dworkin's defense, she was not a turf, just kind of a swerf. Isn't Dworkin? I don't know. Dworkin has been dead for 20 years at least yeah i know that she's often referenced in yeah. but her ghost is here Ooh. yeah no Dwar- dworkins so did you guys call yourself sluts what the fuck yeah Dwar- yeah she would hate us for that but, um, <laughs> she would not think a lot of my jokes uh were funny she, yeah she would hate bunny well she, oh, she would hate i'm called bunny first of all yeah she she it. would not really like even consider myself and steven as subjects but um Which, <laughs> yeah uh, um, but she would not fucking, personal just i think it's fun to do fucking hate Bonnie. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. This reminds me of the time I was at a party and I met this couple and they're lesbians and um, I was a little drunk and somebody was like, oh, like tell them your joke or whatever and which I ne- never do this to me. I fucking hate it. So then I'm like, oh yeah, like whatever and I had this joke at the time about oh, in theater school they said, oh, you're, you're all actors, you know, we're all the same in that respect. And I was like, but if we're like really equal, why aren't we all actresses? <laughs> like, like you are validating the idea that the right, diminutive right. feminization yeah, thing blah, 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 is blah, blah, blah. lesser, whatever, you know, fucking some shit, I thought. Yeah, college. no, whatever. But it, that was the premise. So I, the joke is that my favorite actress is Brad Pitt. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, I, I think I might have heard I'm, that a, I'm an actress, a comedian, and, and, and a writerette, <laughs> and just start right, adding right. it to things that, whatever. It's mostly just that that's it right it's mm-hmm. not it's not like a super deep yeah whatever it's fun to make but these different. women looked at me like i was a fucking piece of shit <laughs> they did not think it was funny at all yeah. um they were a little bit older and like i said i uh for certain kinds of people the way i am is uh yeah. not congruent with how feminist is and yeah i mean you know and it's also like fucking what's her face telling julia childs that like cooking is somehow anti-feminist betty friedan fucking bitch (laughs) oh no now i called this ghost here god damn it get your 
feminine mystique ass. Yeah, more like um, feminine. Feminine musty. <laughs> That's right. Feminine That's musty. right, Betty Friedan's ghost. I said your pussy stings. <laughs> yeah, that's actually good. Oh, that's going to be a new bit. I'm going to call ghosts of... Uh... Anyway, it, I mean, the one quote of from this that I saw was just the thing about how the tea got added. Well, that's the part that I was going to read. Yeah. Uh, if there was one part that was, that, that was tolerable... And I'm going to do my best Matt Taibbi impression, which is going to be horrible. I'm Matt Taibbi. He talks like that now. He's oh, okay. I'm Matt Taibbi. I thought you were going to do a racist Chinese accent. <laughs> 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 Just Matt Taibbi talks like that, I guess. Oh. No, we don't Mama need to. Mamma mia, I am a Matt Taibbi. <laughs> <laughs> No. The name is Sicilian. I am not. No, Matt, uh, Matt Taibbi now uh, speaks like he's on the same thing that Jeff Bezos is on, right. like the, the testosterone that he's taking. Uh, it's male vocal fry, and they can suck my yeah, dick about like, it. I mean, it makes yeah, me but you know what? feel like I'm being more serious. <laughs> but also, Bonnie, I just have to say, even though it's male vocal fry, we're still going to be sexist and call it Theranos voice. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> even though it's a man thing, we're going to talk about the one woman who did it one time. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, also a bunch of times. Amazing. I, I, yeah, amazing. That, look... You didn't enjoy it as much as me, but I loved the Amanda Siegfried uh, yeah. uh, show. I was just extremely like burnt out on that uh, entire so genre. Yeah. <laughs> but there's this great scene at the end where she, you know, you see her develop the voice, and then right at the like last scene when she everything's like whatever, she like says one more thing to somebody and like walks out, da da da, and then Uber pulls up and she's like, "Hi." <laughs> And the voice is God, and I'm like, this is a very good uh, performance. That, yeah. All right, Matt Taibbi. Uh, part of the reason that middle America became accepting of the idea of gay rights was that they were persuaded that there was some biology behind it, that people are born that way. Yet now, there well, seems to be a up. different or almost opposite theory, that biology is not absolutely determinative. Do you not connect transgenderism to something like sexual preference, or is it a different kind of idea to you? Kara Dansky. Oh, wait, do we want to stop and talk about that? Because that was fucking yeah, bonkers. I mean, like, also... Now I can't like, get out of the... No, it's it, fucking he, bonkers. He doesn't know? Yeah, like, first of all, he's saying a thing that's wrong. Part of the reason that middle America became accepting of the idea of gay rights... Oh, yeah, we appeal he, to their... Their sense of science. They like science. <laughs> right, They're yeah, big fans yeah, of science in in fucking Nebraska. Yeah, I, I mean, like, also, you know, also, I just want to before we get too into making fun of the stupid fucking rubes that live miles away from me, uh, I I will just say that it's actually partially insulting to them to just kind of flippantly talk about convincing middle America or whatever as if, you know, they're completely removed from this conversation and it's not also a thing about their like lives. Like they don't have their, the internet Like and they don't have like gay people in fucking also, places. Also, don't you know? I, also don't. in the like research that exists on this exact topic, that is not what people say. Well, it is... Y- 
okay, what he is identifying is, yeah, the conversation actually has shifted since the 90s. Yeah, back in the 90s, there was this very strong, very extreme preference by people who were advocating for, uh, for gay rights to stress that it is as fucking hardwired in as you're also absolutely concretely hardwired heterosexuality that you've never questioned nope um and that it is just a part of your brain and that eventually science will find the gay gene was like a thing that like people not experts but people did argue in the 90s that we've moved away from since and who did that argument appeal to the most but Liberals yeah. themselves. Exactly. No, <laughs> they're that's, the ones that's, who are that's, that's satisfied who that by a. Yeah, it wasn't that. fucking Middle America. It no, was, that was. Yeah. A hundred percent correct. Yeah. So it, it was liberals who used to arguing about evolution and wanted to have that for gay shit. Like. It, yes. Yes. That's a really good way to put it. It's also this idea, essentially, that in order for you to consider someone for their existence to be valid right. it should be provable instead of the actual yeah and uh, it also necessarily implies that absent this there would inherently be a problem with homosocial relationships i'll call them because i like the, the, the term top homosocial the, the top gun <laughs> guys were just so happy together because yeah. it was in their genes. It was Steven. in their. It it was in their genes. It was also <laughs> yeah. in their genes. But uh, also <laughs> that the dominance of that narrative, and uh, yes, on the bright side, it did get us Gaga's born this way. Yep. <laughs> um, very bright. Way. I I still I'll still work out to that song. It's very. It gets you up there. Um, but oh, uh, liberals today don't even want to listen to "Born That Way" by Lady Gaga anymore because it, are, it uh, uh, undermines the trans agenda. So I, I have two points on this. Uh, one is somewhat of a joke. Uh, <laughs> so on the bright side, you have "Born This Way," but then on the negative side, it's very reductive about these things where people who are very attached to that idea have a difficult time talking about one of my favorite topics about how when we talk about like gay people in the ancient world, you have to also understand that being gay as an identity as we understand it today was not a thing. Right. And that there was a difference between what people did sexually and they did not have the same conceptions that... Uh, right, right, right. right, But people have a very difficult time conceiving of that because of the idea that you're born this way. Right. And et cetera. So how could it possibly be whatever? But though, pride, shout out to the Iliad, a very gay story. Well, Achilles was gay. She, I mean, he she, was in love. He, uh, they weren't just fucking. I want to <laughs> make sure everybody knows that about the Iliad. Right. Kara Dansky kind of goes on this which is it's a whole different thing sexual orientation is grounded in the material reality of sex straight what? straight people are attracted to the opposite sex gay people are attracted to the same sex bisexual people are attracted to people of either sex that's all grounded in attraction to one another 
This Just show part. me attraction. What does attraction look like? What is how much does attraction weigh? Sorry, okay, this, your material reality. Yeah, these things feel like in a weird way. It feels similar to like when people are concerned about racism, but then are really focused on the hate people have in their hearts, which is like not really. Well, it also gets to like the point where it's like, okay, if a trans woman is a man and you're a heterosexual man and you're attracted to this person, like, what's the material reality of that attraction then? Like, are you not actually attracted to them because your dick's hard? Like, I don't know what you want me to... Of course, one of the best examples we've ever seen this talked about is, of course, um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Um, Which, actually, I'm I'm not being completely facetious. Uh, They pretty explicitly, uh, you know, before Mac is gay... He has a relationship with right, a trans right. woman. Right, the, the somewhat problematic first season episode. Yes, but there is a conversation when she's moved on and has a relationship with somebody else, and then like there's a thing where it's like, "Oh, well, you're gay," and they're like, "But how?" <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was kind of played for laughs at the time, and today it's just like. But yeah. it also was kind of like. Yeah. Validating well, it. yeah, no, de- there's a definitely. whole bunch of and, stuff. And also, I mean, Rob McElhenney's one of my favorite interviews and has a whole interesting yeah. history and stuff. All right, so now she's been like, sex, biology. However, what's this- biology? Like, <laughs> like, what are, like, yeah, I mean, I just, like, where is all- the material reality and where's your not material reality? Like, yeah, that's like, she's talking about a creationist idea <laughs> and not actually, like, because this presupposes that there are purposes right. for this yeah, biology. Yeah, there's something of a teleology to all that. This whole identity thing, sure. weird way of starting, has to do with one's own feelings about oneself. Again, what is attraction? It has nothing to do with sexuality. Also super feminist to be like, feelings aren't facts. <laughs> like, well, well that is a lot of these radical feminists will actually adopt a bit of that and like argue that they're working from this like tradition of classical liberalism. Well, and this is actually a conflict I have had with certain feminists in that regard. Um, Like there is a definitely a line in older feminists that like newer feminism is too validating of stupid fucking feelings and blah, blah, blah. And it's like buying into the women as hysterics thing. Yeah. Whereas I am like, nah, nah, bitch, you're validating the idea that things that are feminized (laughs) are worse The reason people talk about feelings or whatever and they're not valid is somewhat because it is feminized. (laughs) Right. And also, Uh, I mean, again, it's just I I, like need to know what the rubric is where sex, sexuality or attraction or whatever is somehow a material reality. You look outside, you see people fucking all the time, man. Like, I I don't know what that means. I I really don't. I don't know, like, the fucking, like, fundamentalist Mormon shit we're, like, watching right now. It's like, I don't know, none none of these people knew even how to fuck. Like, Yeah. Yeah, like, what's the... These child brides didn't even know. Like, what fucking was until they got raped by an old man. (laughs) All right, and this is the money shot. This is the one you were talking about. 
Yeah. But adding the T, I think it was an ingenious political strategy because this whole thing is an effort to persuade ordinary Americans that biological sex doesn't exist. If the proponents of this ideology had simply said biological sex doesn't exist, ordinary Americans would say, what are you talking about? Everybody knows how babies are made. So they made up the T, they made up the word, and then they got it attached to what was a very legitimate and very successful civil rights movement. Uh, Fuck you. Like, fuck you, you fucking person. I didn't say a word there. I said person instead. <laughs> um, but Did it rhyme with Cheryl Tunt? Yeah, no, it's just, it is, it just goes back to the title, like, Meet the Cancelled or whatever. It's like, yeah, just people who are wrong. Just people who are fucking incorrect about things. But what's interesting to me is how are you reducing being a woman to biological. a biological reality. How is that? What? And also, like, what the fuck is the history of the LGBT? Like, what's the successful civil rights movement that was fucking quarantined? Is this from, woman a lesbian? Uh, like, that's been quarantined from trans history since the 1960s. Like, where where does that movement come from? Yeah, like, it's rehistoricizing like, it, it, it just is, like, really, like, at what point in the gay rights movement did it not involve trans people? Like, what, Yeah, precisely. Like, precisely. What are you fucking talking? And it, it's one of those things that, like, really gets me because it's like, this is just literally incorrect. It's not a fact that's true. You're saying a thing, and it's different than the reality, and you're just fucking wrong. But, Marlo, it's and it's not about true. And it's not about, like, my feelings about what the implications of what you're saying are. It's just you're making up a thing that's not true to make your argument sound more reasonable. That's all you're fucking doing. No one's fucking canceling you because they're afraid of what you have to say. We're calling you a stupid fucking moron because you're saying things that are not correct. And she's basically making a, it's Adam and Eve and not, yeah, Yeah, I mean, and then we can get into, you know, the quote unquote trans ideology or just like intelligently analyzing gender and shit and like get into why she's also wrong about all that shit. But it's just like when you like, just like say a thing about like they added the T to an already successful civil. What the fuck are you talking about? And the fact that Matt Taibbi took this so seriously and legitimized well, it. Well, yeah, is- I mean, again, it's like the Chappelle move, I guess, that having a woman, like, makes you feel better or, like, you're being more reasonable or whatever gives you legitimacy to your stupid fucking feelings of what but you felt anyway just, about trans people. Just because some white trans woman was cunty to you <laughs> doesn't delegitimize their existence. Just accept it. I know she was probably real funny about it and very me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, look, it happens. I was curious if she was a lesbian because there is a particular, like, leg of this uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, with lesbians. And which, which I, also- I casually heard some soft turf stuff when I was seeing stand-up the other night. Which also, I mean, there's, you know, the history of 
radical feminism as a school tended to lend itself to like the whole lesbian separatist movement when that yeah. was more of a thing that had cachet and mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, there's people who identify as butch who are lesbian who right. feel like they're people are trying to force right. them into a different label and which and, yeah i mean it, it's both like one of those things i but, don't want to laugh at too much but also it does kind of sound funny that the trans are stealing all our butches away not that the trans are stealing their butches that butches themselves are being pressured right. to, to identify as trans right i've heard instead this of argument. simply yeah I, I mean i have cool heard butches this. and studs yeah, I've heard this argument from And like we're a not lot even talking of, about the NBs. Yeah, a lot of older <laughs> turfs. Um and it always is kind of just eh, a little silly. I, I mean it's a little like yeah, you're afraid that all your butches are gonna become men. So in the casual turfiness or like light turfiness I heard uh from a comedian who is a lesbian recently was basically like yeah, like all the kind of women that I usually go for, they're all like, you know, messing around being non-binary or transitioning. <laughs> it was like, there's less fuckable people for me in this or whatever. It was weird. I, I felt mean, if, I felt like it was weird. If, it, um, if that's framed in enough of a like self-effacing way to be like, it, well, I will I'm say, the jackass oh because I'm saying these things. It wasn't. It was. Uh, it went back. Basically, there was somebody she was dating who then transitioned, was on hormones for about a year and a half, and then that person was like, "I'm not getting enough." ass so then went back to being an androgynous woman <laughs> to <laughs> because and that she did have a joke there yeah, which was that so. with sex as a woman it is a seller's market mm-hmm. and uh th- there was a funny bit there yeah, but yeah, there was no, some yeah. moments that it was kind of like she did say some yeah. was this on stage was yeah it? oh okay was, yeah i thought it was just like at no. the bar no, afterwards no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah i could see this as a But I wanted to mention, um, in that we were talking about the biological thing, there is a leg of trans activists who argue for essentially that. That physiologically, you can detect when somebody's trans by their brain. Well, that that would be true scum, I believe. Oh, I don't even know. I I think true scum is different there are people they argue that you have to do hormone treatment in order to be i thought it was you have to specifically suffer from this dysphoria in order to be considered actually trans i thought i think it's a combination of like we're we're waiting increasingly more into fraught territory (laughs) um I if think I was con- talking about something different. Okay. I'm talking about there are people who've made arguments that there are differences in the brains of trans women from yeah, cis men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, you would also have to agree to the idea that men There's differences and in the brains of men and women. Yes. Uh, which is not something I'm, uh, you know, there's... Uh, Bring it, out the calipers. I mean... The fact that our entire understanding of biology is predicated upon the male body, you know, is look we we took women's thing. skulls <laughs> and filled them up with grains of rice yeah. and then counted the grains of rice to see how big they were. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm against um, essentializing uh, the quality of any person based on biology or (laughs) eugenics in general. But I think there are some arguments here where it's like some things might exist due to historical misogyny. Right. And like me saying that perhaps there are differences between men and women's brains, the idea that that means there's a hierarchy there is still, you know, know. things could be different. And well, this gets brought up in Jeopardy. If we were contra points, we would have all been canceled by now. Good night to England and Good night, White Pride. Maybe this will be We we talked about Turf Island and then we talked about turfs. Maybe gingers. You're gonna be the one to save me. Yeah. Because after all, you're my wonder wall. Oh, and shout out to Matt, our wonderful editor, for having a baby by the time he he gets the baby. Wait, he didn't have a baby yet? Uh, His wonderful wife uh, had her first contraction last I talked to him. Okay, so the baby is not born yet, so you're jinxing it? You're purposely jinxing it, Stephen? You're calling the evil eye down on Matt's fucking baby? She hasn't gone into labor yet. They're awaiting the labor. He's there, I'm sure. All right, well... We might okay, not we get this episode go out because Bunny needs to burn some sage to prevent something terrible from happening because of Stephen. No, no, no. Because I'm a ginger. <laughs> because you That's like. That's the only biology. Because you spoke about a baby before the baby. That's like oh, and they, baby one hundred and one. Oh, like oh, oh, to a bring baby it all is around, like a perfect game in to, baseball. To bring it all around, they didn't find out the gender, and they're not sure what gender they're going to assign it so we don't know and it confused all the family i would love for them to be like "Mm -hmm." you said it had a penis i want i said i said you should they be it and let them decide in 18 years like if I fulfill my dreams of becoming um, a New York City mom, uh, <laughs> that is an old mom. I'm gonna have a baby. Baby? Yeah, man. Uh, I don't. Why would I impose? They gotta learn up for the water wars anyway. So yeah. <laughs> water wars. Water wars. It will be in the mid Atlantic. <laughs> this is my prediction. All right. Bye. 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 Happy Pride. Baby, don't make me spell it out for ya All of the feelings that I got for ya Can't be explained, but I can try for ya Yeah, baby, don't make me spell it out for ya You keep on asking me the same questions And second-guessing all my intentions Should know by the way I use my compression that you got the answers to my confessions It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender An emotional sexual bender Mess me up, yeah, 
That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. Uh huh. So 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 fucking real. Uh huh. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. You know I love you so. Please don't stop it. You got me right here in your jean pocket. Laying your body on a shag carpet. Oh, you know I love it so. Please don't stop it. It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender, an emotional sexual bender. Mess me up, yeah, but no one does it better. There's nothing better. That's just the way you make me feel. Just the way you make me feel. That's just the.